Welcome to my podcast from Chaos to Peace with Connie. I am Connie Graf and your host, and I will explore with you how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. And with chaos, we're talking about the physical, digital, social, financial, mental, emotional, and spiritual clutter that can accumulate in our life and business. In every episode, I want to make you aware how clutter is so much more than you think, how it affects your finances, and how clearing your clutter leads to more time, more money, and more peace. Let's go. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am Connie Graf, your host. Thank you so much for having me back into your ears. I'm very excited to welcome Evans Putman as a guest today. Today and next time, actually. Evans is the founder of Podcast Profit School, and he's also the creator of the Podcast ATM Business Model, Infinite Impact Method, and the Surfpreneur Blueprint. And get this, his trainings are licensed by and featured in ClickFunnels founder Russell Brunson's high-ticket coaching programs. Evans is on a mission to help entrepreneurs like us to build purpose-driven, profitable businesses, create more time freedom, and create infinite positive impact to change lives. We had such a rich conversation that I decided for the first time to make a two-part series out of this interview. Today, you're going to hear part one, but then make sure you're subscribed and follow the podcast so you don't miss out on part two that comes out next week. So here in part one, Evans talks about why he had to step away from a successful business, which he calls was chaos back then, to focus more on himself and to be a better father, husband and human, which he considers peace. He shares the steps he took to make this change happen. And the first step after starting his new life might surprise you, but he calls it very critical. In part two next week, Evan will talk about how this newfound piece brought even more success to him and his business, why to ask for help is important for your business, and when and how he gets ideas for his programs, like the Podcast Profit School. Also, what the biggest mistake podcasting entrepreneurs make when it comes to growing their audience. But like I said, First, we're listening to part one today. So without further ado, let's jump into this conversation with Evans Putman. Welcome, Evans. I'm really excited to have you as a guest on my podcast. How are you today? I'm great, Connie. Thank you for having me. Grateful for the opportunity to come on and, and share and serve your audience. Yeah, well, I'm very excited for you to come and share. Um, so first, I always ask, because I have an international audience, where in the world are you located for my people? And also, tell us one thing about you that has nothing to do with what we're talking afterwards, like something surprising or something maybe less surprising for the people who know you, but surprising for um, the listeners in context of what we're talking about afterwards. Okay. Um, well, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, down by the you know, one of the older cities in the U.S., very beautiful place to live near the ocean. 
uh, lots of history, lots of great food, lots of museums, lots of art. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful place to live, beautiful place to visit. If anybody wants to come visit, they can always, they'll know how to get in touch with me, right? Reach out to me. I'll give you some restaurant restaurant recommendations or yeah, something. That's always good. Um, <laughs> and I guess, you know, this is sort of, uh, most people in the online space don't really know everything about my future or my future, my future or my past. Um, How much do you know about, about my your past? future? <laughs> I know, right? Let me tell you. No. Um, I would say one thing that's interesting is that, you know, in this was like in the early 90s, I before we had too much access to Internet and, you know, all kind of knew basically anything and everything we wanted to know with the flip of a switch, I packed up everything I owned into my little car and left the East coast of the U S and drove all the way across the country to go to live in Los Angeles, mm. California. And I worked at a record company, um, and actually had a hair down you <laughs> oh, know, you to my, <laughs> past my shoulders to the middle of my back and worked with a rock and worked with a, a, a heavy metal band and worked in a, a record label called Metal Blade Records in Ventura, California. So mm. that was a fun period of my life that is um that I look back on now and I reflect on some of the stuff that, you know, that the courage to actually do that reminds me of the entrepreneurial journey for many of your listeners, probably, or people who are like sort of like they have this feeling, this calling to do something. It's like, you know what? Just go for it. It didn't turn out the way I expected, but it turned out the way it was supposed to. And, mm -hmm. um, I came back safe and sound and then, um, you know, at some point I ended up like, I think I left all my hair in California. When I, I, I just back, wanted so. to say for all the people that on, are only listening, he has, oh, yeah. I don't think a lot of hair right now. So you must have lost it somewhere no, no. in between. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At one point I decided it was better to just shave it off. And, you know, then I got, I got used to the, to the way it looked and felt. So it's been like this for probably like 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that story. It's a great story. I'm a bit adventurous too. So I think that's really like a nice adventure that maybe a lot of people wouldn't expect if they see you, especially not the part with the long hair, but I like, <laughs> right, I like right. it. I, I love this question. When I figured out this, to ask my guests this question, it, there's so many fun stories coming out or so many <laughs> interesting things um, I, I um, discover about my guests. So, yeah, it's not. <laughs> but you're well, not it's here nice to too, talk about long hair and heavy metal rock band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I appreciate you asking me um, that question because a lot of times you're right. You don't get to share. You sort of get caught sharing the same stories over and over in so many yeah. podcasts that it's nice to go like on a little detour every now and then just to, because it was actually, I'll share this Connie and then we'll dive. I know you got questions for me, but it, it was on a podcast when somebody asked me that kind of question that I remembered, I was like, they asked me something around my entrepreneurial journey. How did it start? You know, but, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been doing this for like 20 plus years now. Mm -hmm. So it, it didn't even register at the time, but then it sort of took me backwards to this place where I remembered, I forgot all about that. That was like part of my journey that I created. So it's nice to get different questions like that from time yeah. to time. And I, I actually don't look at it as taking a detour. I look at it as 
almost like setting the stage so that the people mm. get a little bit of a glimpse of a different events than what we're talking mm -hmm. afterwards. And that might even help sometimes the, the listeners to relate to what you're saying better or that they might be more interested to listening. It's not just um, some boring business podcast <laughs> or something. It's like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that, that's my idea. And, and besides, I'm, I, I just love to, to hear a different side of my guests too. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, now we ha I have lots of questions. <laughs> I want to dive in <laughs> um, because you wrote to me and said that you have an awesome story how you left a successful business, which you called chaos, to focus on, mm -hmm. more on yourself, which then you called peace and to become mm -hmm. a better father, husband and, <clears throat> and human. And I find that is very brave. But now after hearing your story about going to Los Angeles, that's just like adventurous again <laughs> um <laughs> mm -hmm. but so i know the story why but maybe you could give us uh, for the listeners um the reasons why you left the successful su successful business to mm -hmm. um and, and you called it chaos uh, i would like to know yeah 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 and you know what's funny is i think it is um the chaos is probably more of a creation of my own mind mm. than what was actually happening Mm. But um, so that that sort of pre-frames it. So now we'll dive into the story. Right. But <clears throat> I was working at the time, as I explained to you, it was um, sort of a new venture. I'd found myself in the podcast space, uh, you know, by circumstance life. Right. It took me in that direction. And I went from being having a partner who was, you know, I was, his, he was my client. I was the person that was helping him with his marketing and his sales strategy to becoming a partner in the business. And we became very successful with the podcast. It was one of, I would probably say one of the top two or three podcasts in the world in its genre in the real estate space. And um, we sold real estate sales training and the one thing I loved about it was it had an underlying mission that was really my partner's vision because he was the expert behind the microphone. I was sort of the guy behind the the curtain, pulling all the strings, turning it into a business, right? Turning it into an actual real business. And it had a mission of really not just teaching people how to make money, but teaching them how to work less, create more freedom, and be able to spend more time with their family. And I don't remember if it was you and I that had this discussion when all of a sudden it hit me, the irony behind it. Because, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It was our pre-chat um, because that's, that's where I'm thinking. That's where the chaos came from. Because... Yes, I know. Right. And it, it's, it's interesting because you actually, and that was the beautiful thing about our pre-chat is you brought that up. And I was like, I never even saw that perspective before, but you know, the business was doing well. It was doing successful. We had grown a small team. I was um pretty much like the C the chief marketing operator officer and the chief operating op officer all in one. And while we were creating freedom for everybody else, I found myself mm -hmm. working extra long hours, stressed all the time, mm -hmm. not happy. Um, things were going great in the business. It was, you know, trajectory was sky high. We basically went from zero to half a million in the first 12 months. And then it went beyond seven figures. So everything was going great in that side of things, but it was, it was like, I was 
I was probably working more than I ever worked before. It was like, I couldn't, your mind was just caught in the chaos of not being able to break free from mm-hmm. work, even when I was at home with my family, right? Yeah. Even when on the weekends with my wife and young daughter, it's like, I just couldn't get away from it. It constantly looking at your phone, constantly replying to messages, just, and and when I look back at it now, it's not that it didn't have to be that way, but it was on, I was the one creating the chaos. I was the one stuck in this mode because you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't, I didn't, I didn't know how to do it differently at the time. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so that was the chaos of it. And it became, it got to a point where I just was, you know, one, there were two, two instances that happened. I think I shared with you the one, we went to a marketing conference and I was really surprised at this conference. I'd never been to one before. There's like four or 5,000 people there. I'm expecting all the people to get up on stage and talk about how much money they're making and how like show pictures of their cars or whatever, but (laughs) person after person that came up there, they talked about changing lives, creating impact. Mm -hmm. They would share stories of people in their community and how, you know, their stories of how they had had a total like life change for the better. And that was where I sort of had this little whisper in my ear that was like, you know, you're, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed Mm -hmm. to be one of those people on the stage. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be creating more impact. And that was sort of the seed that was planted amidst all this chaos. And when we got back, I couldn't quit thinking about that for one. And we had about six to eight months before I finally made a decision on that. But also it was at the point where everything was just so stressful and I just wasn't happy. I was gaining a lot of weight. I wasn't healthy mentally, spiritually, physically, you name it. You had an LY to the end of it. I wasn't healthy in it. Right. Um, so that's when I made the decision. I was like, you know what? I got to do something about this. And I do feel called to create a bigger impact. I knew I'd created a system the way we did that would allow you to create a big audience to get your message and mission out there. And I knew I could take that and help other people do it. And I knew if I did that, then I was sort of fulfilling my purpose mm-hmm. of going bigger than just that one, helping that one person get their mission out. And mm-hmm. so that eventually, I remember it, it. I remember exactly when it was too, because it was right after the Thanksgiving holiday here in the U in the U S mm-hmm. um, because Thanksgiving, I knew I I'd, I'd reached out to my partner. I was like, can we meet when the holidays are over and he was like, yes. So throughout all of thank, I couldn't even really enjoy Thanksgiving because I was creating a conversation that was never going to happen in my yeah. mind between me and him. I, the worst case scenario, that's all I could think of. And I kept running these scenarios in my mind and imagining it, you know, making this creation that wasn't even, it never happened that way. But um, we met at a Starbucks in downtown Charleston. And I remember like just, being so nervous. Of course, my ego is thinking if I leave, the whole team's going to fall apart. The business Mm -hmm. is going to fall apart. None Mm -hmm. of that happened. They did Mm -hmm. great. But -hmm. I remember this is why I really, and I still think of Pat as more than a business partner. He's more of a friend and a mentor. When I told him what I wanted to do, he just looked at me and he just said, how can I help? Mm -hmm. And that was it. It's like, I'm leaving the business. Mm -hmm. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It blew me away because 
I, he he was just showing up and shining, doing the part of the podcasting, right? He was the mm-hmm. expert. And I, w- I felt like if I left everything else, it would pull the rug out from underneath it. But the beautiful thing was, is I don't, when I look back on it, I wasn't giving myself enough credit. I created a system that it kept going. I, w- I We would meet from time to time mm-hmm. over the next year and it was still just plugging away. And in fact, they had lost a few team members. And he's like, we're still doing great. And then he ended up selling the business later. So when I look back at it, even though like just circle back to the chaos, the chaos wasn't really happening anywhere except for in my own imagined state, I was allowing it to happen in my world because the Mm -hmm. business itself was doing great and everything else was doing great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think it was you, you, with your words, you said your ego thought that when you would be leaving, everything would be crumbling, or the others would leaving, maybe would be leaving. Maybe you worked so hard also because of that, no? Because you thought if you would just let off a bit, then um, and and I think this is very common in in us like business owners who are not the paycheck comes in every two weeks, and mm-hmm. we we just know that. We, we sometimes don't know when when to stop pushing so hard, especially because in the beginning you have to push so hard and then maybe we miss the point when we, and I'm not saying coasting because that's probably not healthy either, but to, to maybe stop pushing so hard. And, and you said already you did put processes in place so that, that it it would work like on its own almost and you could leave but then our ego comes into the way and says oh yeah but no 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 it still needs me it still needs the right hand mm-hmm. that touches the processes maybe i i'm i don't want to put any yeah. words in your mouth but i'm i'm thinking this might be a reason why so many people end up in such an overwhelm or or uh, burnout and you, i think you caught yourself before you ended up really deep down in, in some burnout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I did. De- I definitely know I did. And I think back to your point too, um, you know, because when we started, it was basically me doing, I built everything from the ground up on the back end. So I knew how everything worked and then slowly, then I would bring on some team, we would hire a team member and they would mm-hmm. do it. But my problem was, and I, I look back this, I take full responsibility because we had an amazing team. We had people that are could do great work, but I don't think I trusted them enough. I didn't know how to manage a team. I'd never, I had never been in that position before. So, but instead of figuring out the path forward, now I think I do a much better job where I'm just like, you know what, this person is really good at what they do. I need to just trust them and let them do it. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was the thing too, is that even though I'd built the systems, even though I'd hired the team, I wasn't separate from it. I didn't allow myself to yeah. allow others to just be successful without me having to feel like I needed to answer. It was very much a micromanagement mm-hmm. type situation, but, yeah. um, but it, you know, and I give myself grace now looking back at it just because it was something that I had never, I'd never done before. I'd never really run a team like that yeah. before. So it was a, it was a little bit of a learning experience. Well, that's what they're saying, right? When you reflect on so-called mistakes, right? Which yours wasn't a mistake. You were just like kind of burning yourself out. But when you look at reflect on, on so-called mistakes, then it becomes experience. And then you actually can turn it around and make something 
great out of it and and I, I don't think it helps anyways to, I call that mental clutter and emotional clutter, which leads to emotional clutter when we start beating ourselves up and, hey, I'm the first mm -hmm. one who's struggling with that sometimes, <laughs> right? Um, but mm -hmm. but when you're looking from the outside and you can see it in somebody, well, it doesn't help, Evans, if you, if you would beat yourself up. It's good you give yourself grace because if we're very successful, you caught yourself and and you learned out of it right and so that's life if you wouldn't have done yeah. it that way maybe you wouldn't be where you are you are where you are because you figured it out so yeah, um, i find this is interesting um i think it's way more interesting if people have stories like this that they learn something out of it rather than oh yeah everything went well and i i was always looking after myself <laughs> and after everybody else <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, maybe then you just didn't put yourself into big enough challenges. Maybe who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I know 100% that I would not be, I, I would not have the growth that I've had since then yeah. if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was the peace part of it, right. That came, that came after, like I called the chaos aspect yeah. of it and then the peace part. So um, I know you, the second part of your original question, if you want me to, I'll share like the next steps and what happened because that would be my uh, next question, because you mentioned to me, you said that peace brought actually then a lot of success in your own business and you, that you were willing mm -hmm. to um, share with us the steps. So I would be interested because it is a scary thing to leave something so successful behind. Most people would maybe just try to work less and, and stick there and so the, these steps would be very helpful probably for somebody who's in a similar situation like you are. Yeah. Well, and I'd be happy to. And I think for me, the thing was, is, I mean, it's been, it's been consistent growth and change since then. Right. So it hasn't been, it wasn't like it was just like a light bulb and everything was perfect, but leaving when I made that decision to leave, that was like step one, just having the courage to like, say, okay, I got to do something different. You know, doing the, doing the same thing every day is not going to produce a different outcome. Right? It's like, it's the same thing. So when I did that, I think the smartest thing that I'm decision I made when I look back on it was, was I didn't immediately jump into something. Mm -hmm. Right. I had so many different opportunities, so many people reaching out to me. And, you know, I knew I could easily just go find work because I, before I was doing this, I was a consultant. And so I just went and found work all the time, right. Yeah. Through networking and referrals. So I knew I could do that, but I think the first smartest thing I did at the time, and I don't remember if it was intentional or not, to be honest with you, but I was, I didn't start doing anything right away. I was like, okay, I need to work on me instead of worrying about working on some, something else. So to work on me, I did something, you know, I'd always been sort of a, an, a, I read a lot of like Wayne Dyer. I've read, you know, Dan Millman's the way of the peaceful warrior. I sort of had like some of these things in the background that I was reading that I was trying to learn but I'd never really exercised, never really done the activity. I did a lot of reading, but not a lot of doing. Mm -hmm. So I spent probably the next, I don't remember exactly how many months, uh, I would say the next few months, I created a morning routine. 
and I started doing it, right? I started exercising regularly, but the first things I would do in the morning, I'd get up, I'd drink a bunch of water, I'd go outside, sit on our front porch, I'd meditate, um, which I had never really done before. So I sort of created a goal to do this. So I meditated on a regular basis. I would journal, I would um, listen to something or watch something on YouTube, something very uplifting, very spiritual, something like that. And I would read. And so, you know, uh, it's funny when I look back on it, it's like in my younger years, if I would have done something like that, I would have been like, I'm just goofing off. Right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was actually really important work that I was doing. And I could tell over time because I shifted from being very reactive to being more responsive. Mm -hmm. I shifted from, you know, being angry all the time to just sort of being more relaxed and, you know, letting things go. I didn't get up first thing in the morning and look at my phone. Right. I do. I wouldn't look at emails. I wouldn't, I would let, I would just leave that alone for a while. The only thing I handled my phone with was to listen, to do a meditation mm -hmm. and to watch something like that was uplifting. But I remember like going through all this work and I don't remember if I shared this with you or not in the other talk, but um, I remember walking in one day and this was probably, I don't know, my daughter at the time, she was probably six or seven, maybe. And I walked in the house and just, you know, randomly, you know, like kids, they just crack me up like at those ages because they just say stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So it feels like it comes out of left field, but I think that, you know, but I know to them, there's a reason why they're saying it. Mm -hmm. So she just like randomly, as I'm walking in and she says something to me, she looks at me, she's like, you know, why I love you, daddy. Mm. And I'm like, no, why? And she's like, you don't really yell anymore. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, at that point I was like, it was all worth it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but that allowed me to taking that time and doing that. I mean, it totally shifted me as a person. I started looking back on things that, you know, forgiving people, like there were some things that had happened through my life that I needed to forgive certain people. Then I forgave myself for some things. I started giving myself grace. I started saying, you know, like these are, you know, like th there's the saying, um, this happened, didn't happen to you. It happened for you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I started looking at things totally different and that total different way of looking at the world just created the space for me to now come back in and start working, but not to be caught up in it 24 seven mm -hmm. to where even one of my clients, who's a parenting coach, she gave me some really great tips. Um, one of which I would share with everybody that was, you know, I work at home in the office. A lot of us do, but if you're driving home, she's like, that's the thing. Like if you're, if you're driving home from work, you have that space mm -hmm. before you get home where you can sort of decompress, get ready. She's like, when you like walk through the right through these doors here to my left and right into where my family is, you don't give yourself that space. So I started at the end of the day, being intentional, creating like a buffer zone mm -hmm. where I stop working and then I take some time to just reflect on the day, get ready to go talk to my family. Mm -hmm. um, but I also started remembering to celebrate wins, remembering to schedule things that were important. This one thing I learned from Pat, but I never did it when we were together, right? When we were business partners, but he was very intentional. Like his the things like working out, family time, all of those, those were all on his calendar. He's like, 
you know, you block that time off. The most important stuff is like, forget mm-hmm. the work stuff. He's like, you put your family in, you put your friends in, you put your health in, mm-hmm. um, and you take care of that. So I started doing that, right. And being mm-hmm. more intentional rather than just flying all over to the next, all right, here I come with the bucket of water for the next fire kind of yeah. person <laughs> is yeah. who I used to be. So those things were really important. And I think, um, you know, I know I wouldn't be that, you know, I, it, I, I hate to even think about where I would be if I wouldn't have taken that break and taken that time to yeah. shift like that. Yeah. And isn't it interesting how, even though you had your business partner in front of you, who kind of lift, lift it for like was living it for you. That should say that way, mm-hmm. how it could be or needed to be even. And, and you would probably have agreed that this is great, but that you couldn't do it when, it, when so many also that actually have mastered it, like you now with having more peace say, actually the slowing down is what helps you speeding up or the slowing down mm-hmm. is help you to helps you to be more productive but when somebody is in this in this um frenzy i really want to call or chaos then they don't see it they, no i have no time to meditate i have no time to do this i have no time <laughs> for for sports when mm-hmm. actually it's the other way around right if you take the time then then it you you still get more work in because you get the work in that needs to be um, needs to be in, like you prioritize properly and you prioritize you, your health, because that's what a lot of people forget too. It's like, and I have to tell that sometimes my clients too, it's like, it doesn't help if you run yourself into the ground. It doesn't help your business. It doesn't help your clients. It doesn't help anybody, right? So yeah, you, you need to look after the- yourself. You're almost the biggest asset in, in, in your business and you're for sure the big, biggest asset in your life, you, in your health. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And sometimes, I mean, I probably went through this even last week or the week before I remember I got into like, I had so many things on my calendar, which I usually mm-hmm. don't, tr- I usually try not. I mean, right now, the way I've been shifting my business was, you know, Mondays and Fridays, you know, this is an exception because I like doing podcasts, but a lot of times I leave them wide open mm-hmm. and I don't schedule anything except for on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Those are like where I do my coaching. That's where I do my sort of business introduction calls, things like that. But um, I do remember going back to your point about Pat and it's funny because I did like probably like a year or so later, I just got on the phone one time and called him. And I just was thanking him. I was like, you know, I said, I never thanked you for this, but, and I said, I didn't even realize it at the time, but the things that you were doing, you were really like a mentor for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm really grateful for it because at the time I wasn't able to, like you said, I wasn't able to um, benefit from what was right in front of me but at least I paid attention because then later (laughs) it sort of absorbed, it absorbed into me later when I gave it space. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was, it was, it's funny because he, I always was determined I was going to be, I'm doing this all, you know, that I want to be a really good husband and father first. Mm -hmm. And that's the way he was. Yeah. Right. So it was almost like all these things. And I, I, I didn't grow up with that. So to me, it was a total different 
you know, this, it, it was like, he was brought into my life to give me sort of a really shining example and a mentor mm-hmm. to become who I wanted to become in many mm-hmm. ways. So I actually picked up the phone and called him and thanked him for that. Mm-hmm. And we had a good conversation and it was funny because he was like, he he just didn't ever really recognize it either. And, you know, I didn't, but I was like, you, you were doing everything that mm-hmm. right there in front of me. Right. He, he, he worked out all the time. He planned time to make sure that his family came first. I mean, all these things. So mm-hmm. it is, it's tough when you're in the middle of the chaos. Yeah. It yeah. just doesn't matter. Right. Because you're very reactive. You just don't even take the time, but even I was going back to, I sort of jumped ahead, but he, he, even after doing all this for a few years, even it c- creeps up on you. I remember last week at one point, just like, Oh, I, I don't have time to get to the gym because I got to get this, 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 and mm-hmm. this done. <laughs> and I didn't do it. I didn't go. And then I, f- I had a miserable, horrible day where I mm-hmm. did so much stuff, but it felt like it wasn't complete at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So the next day I was like, I don't care. I was like, I'd, I ended up moving some stuff. I'm like, I got to go take yeah. care of myself first. And then the rest of the day went great. Yeah. And, and it's it's sometimes really a lie that we tell ourselves because I had a very similar experience last week. I do every morning. I do certain things like I live on acreage, so I go for sure uh, outside. I hug my horses and all that. But then before I start working, I have a specific kind of, you could call it a morning routine. It's just 50 minutes that actually... Um, kind of regroup from being with the horses and everything to here and okay business mind it's it's I call it spiritual practice but it's kind of like just a refocus and I thought too oh no I have so much on my plate I have to do I I can't do that today and then I thought (laughs) no 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 (laughs) no 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 we're not we're not just jumping in frantically and it was just fine like everything got done including Mm -hmm. my 15 minute (laughs) thing that I wanted to skip because I have no time for it and it's yeah. it's like whether or not you're f- doing it and then later realize it was good you did it or you skip it and re- later realize oh i shouldn't have skipped it i think this is where we are aware or we have we have awareness and then focus intentionally again to do it and i think that's the difference between people who who f- for people that actually kind of try to live or, or are on the path to live this way or those who just say, oh, well, it's nice for you to do that. I can't do that. No. So like, yes, you can. And it doesn't mean you have to have a three hour uh, morning routine. Like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay, my friend, that was part one of this two part conversation. In part two, Evans will talk about how his newfound peace brought even more success to him and his business, how he gets his ideas for his programs, and since he's a podcasting expert, he shared what the biggest mistake is that podcasting entrepreneurs make when it comes to growing their audience. And you can be sure I had my ears perked up for that one. Thank you for joining me on the podcast today and listening all the way to the end. If you found value in this episode, please share it with a family member, a friend or a business bestie, because if you find value in it, they will too. And sharing is caring. Have a beautiful and amazing week and please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Talk to you next time. Take good care and be safe.